0: What up? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm Justin Michael. It's going to be a fun week. We've got Pro Day on Wednesday, a couple of days of football practice. Excited to to be up there and then talking about that. We've got some hoops transfer news to talk about. I'm going to go over some guys that you guys should keep an eye on, just as far as players around the country that have reportedly been reached out to by CSU. And then we'll just kind of wrap up with an update on some of the stuff happening with some of your other favorite CSU teams. CSU softball coming off of a sweep over San Jose State. CSU tennis opened with their first conference victory to begin a season since 2010. Big things happening. We'll talk about it all. Real quick, though, got an awesome promotion to tell you about. College basketball fans join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win, get $200 in free bets. If they do, it's it's really that simple. If they win, you win. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on college hoops with the same game parlay. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win. Get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with the promo code DNVR. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. $5 minimum deposit. Restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, all right, all right. Like I said, we are going to be talking about CSC CSU men's basketball going to briefly go through the transfer situation again in case you guys missed some of the latest news. I had David Roddy on my podcast a couple days back. We talked about what's going to go through his mind throughout this entire process. I highly recommend that you go check it out. Big thanks to him for always being a great sport all year round. Just a really good dude. Before we start to talk about CSU and all that, I did briefly want to talk about the Elite Eight this weekend. There, there were some takes online regarding St. Peter's getting smacked. And, I mean, realistically, this is kind of what happens usually when you get a Cinderella-type story. Usually it happens in the second round. You know, like UMBC upsets Virginia, and then they just get absolutely smacked in the round of 32. And then, you know, people come on, and they're like, see, this is why, you know, I only want good teams to make it. And I just... One, it's, it's such a garbage take from casuals that only tune in for, like, three weeks of college basketball. You know, I only want my blue bloods. I only want to watch great games. And it's just crazy to me how you could come away with that as your takeaway after seeing what St. Peter's did, after seeing that story and all of the problems that, you know, that they've had to overcome just in terms of absurd hurdles, like the, the lack of funding and the lack of resources. The fact that they made it this far is, it's insane. I mean, it's one of the coolest sports stories ever. If they would have went on to win the, win the whole damn thing. I mean, it's uh, in the conversation for greatest upset ever. Culturally, probably not as impactful as like the Leicester City in, in soccer or obviously the 1980 U.S. men's hockey team upsetting Russia at the Olympics. But when you just factor in the the pure lack of funding, the fact that this group was able to make it to the Elite Eight, and it's not like they, they did it with, you know, some cookie cutter schedule. You know, no offense to Houston last year, but they didn't have to beat anybody to make the final four. I mean, they upset Kentucky, who looked really good this year. Purdue, you know, a lot of people thought they might win the national championship. But to me, to to act like because North Carolina smacked them a little bit, that this was bad for college basketball. I mean, did you not watch Miami get absolutely thumped by Kansas in the second half? Was that not any different? And that was way less of a cool story. I don't know. Someday I'll be able to just ignore the talking heads, but it just drives me crazy that you get all these high profile people on the the various TV networks. I'm not going to call anybody out by name because it's not personal and and there's a bunch of them, but just these people that come out with the hot takes after watching 14 days of college basketball, you know, I watched Duke in the ACC championship game, so I knew they were legit. Good for you, man. Good for you. Anyways, I, I think St. Peter's was one of the coolest stories I've ever seen in all of sports. And the fact that I got to be there in person for the Kentucky upset is, is something I'll cherish for the rest of my life. I mean, I, I was rooting for them against, you know, Murray State and, and Purdue like it was my alma mater. That's how much I, I bought in. And th- that was so many people. Like, it was just such a fun story. It's so inspiring. It gives hope to all the college programs, you know, in America. Why can't that be us? But, you know, Joe Schmo on, you know, whatever talking sports healing said he didn't enjoy the game, so it's bad for college basketball. Give me a break. Give me a break. Uh, as far as the Final Four goes, kind of ironic. I mean, after all these upsets, we end up with just nothing but chalk, basically. We've got Kansas versus Villanova, and at this point, I would argue Villanova is a blue blood. When you look at what they've accomplished over the last five years, they've been as consistent probably better than than every other team in the country really and then you've got duke versus north carolina and it, it was a down year for north carolina i i know there's again there's going to be a bunch of hot takes about the acc and people acting like the conference wasn't mediocre it was in the regular season they they definitely stepped it up in the postseason and it's been fun to watch I mean, north carolina has been awesome but again you know that's going back to the whole People watch three weeks. They just watch the NCAA tournament, and they act like four months of college basketball just goes out the window at that point. But these are the same type of people that Sagan Zag is frauds after going to seven straight Sweet Sixteens. And to me, like if, if that's failure, sign me up. <laughs> sign me up in a heartbeat. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm. If you can't tell, there have been a lot of takes that got under my skin this weekend. But UNC versus Duke, really cool. First time they'll ever play in the Final Four. You get the rematch after Duke got smacked in the final regular season by UNC. It kind of feels like this is setting up for Coach K to to get his revenge. I'll certainly be all in on the Tar Heels. I think that would be awesome to see them beat him again. I'm not anti-Coach K by any means. I mean, obviously respect everything that he's accomplished, but I do find him incredibly hard to root for. I don't know. It's like one of those things where I guess if you're a Duke fan, you're probably thinking, how could you not, you know, this is history, you know, how could you not want him to go out on top? And then, you know, when you dislike him or, you know, he kind of annoys you a little bit, you're like, well, I can name about 30 reasons why I wouldn't root for Coach K. Nonetheless, it, it sets up to be a really intriguing Final Four matchup on Saturday. I'm really looking forward to both of those games. Could potentially end up with a 2008 rematch in North Carolina versus Kansas, which was a really fun national championship growing up. Those were kind of the two programs I cheered for, I, you know, very bandwagon-y. But a lot of CSU basketball games weren't on TV when I was a kid, so those were just kind of the the programs I gravitated towards, I guess. My youth basketball team was the Tar Heels, so, you know, easy to root for them in that respect. And the, the vast majority of my family is, you know, farmers out in Kansas, so they're all diehard Jayhawks fans. A couple of them are K-State fans, depending on where they – ultimately ended up going to school, but overwhelmingly, most of them are, are KU fans, so those will be the teams I'll be rooting for. Basically, anybody but Duke is who I want to win at this point, but it should be a lot of fun. should be a lot of drama. I mean, the suspense in this one is is going to be epic. Talk about, talk about stress. I mean, could you imagine if CSU and, and CU were playing each other in the final four? And not even that, but imagine if I don't even know, like, if there's a way you could phrase this. I'd, I'd almost, you'd almost have to think about it like in in terms of football. Like, you know, what if they were playing in the college football playoff, and it was Bill McCartney versus Sonny Lubick or something, and Sonny was retiring at the end, and everybody knew it. Like, just there's so many added layers of of drama in this. It's going to be epic. That said, I I don't know if it's going to be able to compete with the drama of the Oscars, man. I'm not going to talk about this very long because I know this is this is not what, you know, my podcast audience cares about, but this was one of the craziest live TV moments ever. I mean, probably the craziest since Kanye's rant about George Bush or when he interrupted Taylor Swift. Usually it's Kanye. But this time Will Smith, man, who's basically universally beloved and Chris Rock as well, a guy who's very well liked. I mean, to see Will Smith go up there and smack him, it was it was wild. I couldn't believe my eyes. And and like everybody, I'm I'm so skeptical. You know, my first thought is, well, that's a bit. And then when the the uncensored audio comes out and you see the way Will laughs and then like kind of gets up, like that, that is kind of the the crazy type of stuff you do, you know, right before you throw down, like, <laughs> okay, okay. And then you walk up and you swing. Again, for for the people that are cynical and are like, that's fake. It's Hollywood, so I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past anyone. But I don't I don't think Will would be willing to do that just for a couple of bucks or for some publicity. First of all, it's his moment, you know, he's he, winning an Oscar. Like it should be one of the best nights of his life. I don't think he would want it overshadowed by this. On top of that, when you think about everything between him and Jada, and just like the drama, I mean, she's been embarrassing that dude for for twenty years, much more so than Chris Rock. Now I get it. You know, there that that's the man's wife. You know, I'm not getting up on my soapbox. I will say you can't you can't smack a comedian over a joke. I, I'd have to imagine that Chris did not know that she has alopecia. Cause if so, that's that's a very mean-spirited joke. And that, that just doesn't seem like Chris Rock. But man, that guy's got a sturdy chin. He ate that. He ate that shot though. Didn't even flinch didn't touch his face afterwards kept his cool there was that moment where he's kind of like oh you know I could I mean he could have roasted them if he really wanted to all their other dirty laundry is pretty out and about at this point and I feel for them in that regard I really do like I'm, I'm not trying to jump on Will while he's down or anything like that because I actually feel really awful for him just seems to be in a really bad spot in a really toxic relationship but the fact that that happened man is is absolutely wild I think it's real. That's where I'm at. And I'm I'm like the most skeptical person ever. I don't think anything is real. But just from a pride standpoint, I don't think Will would be willing to do that as a bit. I mean, just his relationship's been such a... Already it's been like under the microscope and they do all these interviews and I don't know. It just seems like a mess. Like I said, I feel bad for the dude. Big shout out to Chris Rock. I don't know how that dude kept his composure. But just wow, that that shit was insane. I couldn't, I could not believe it. I I still can't believe it. I mean, people are going to be talking about that twenty years from now. It was just, it is insane. All right, that, I just I wanted to briefly give my thoughts on it because it was such a random, wild thing. Like, don't really have a chance to talk about two famous celebrities punching each other very often. But I'm gonna regroup and then let's let's talk about basketball. Uh, Real quick, I want to tell you guys about Sexy Pizza. What is Sexy Pizza, you ask? Well, with 13 years in the Denver community, Sexy Pizza is as local as it gets. A hand-tossed deck oven pizza with made-from-scratch each morning dough. Choose your own adventure with a wide range of toppings or try one of their signature philanthropies. A portion of every sale of these five specialty pies is donated to a range of different nonprofits right here in Colorado. If you want Sexy Pizza to support your organization or event, Go to www.sexy.pizza, check out their about page for the donations link to see how Sexy Pizza can support your cause. With a 12-inch, 14-inch, or excuse me, with a 12-inch, 16-inch, or 18-inch crust, Sexy Pizza is sure to be the right fit. Add on all the fixins' with wings, salads, pasta, knots, dessert options. Don't forget about their vegan options. They have a delicious 12-inch gluten-free crust. You have yourself a can't-miss hit. Stop by any of their Denver locations in Cap Hill, Old South Pearl, Jefferson Park, or Park Hill. If you're out in Trinidad, they actually just opened a location out there as well. Hit up Sexy Pizza. You will not be disappointed. All right, we're going to talk about the transfer portal here in just a second. But real quick, I got to give you my DraftKings pick of the week. And I am going with Kansas to win the national championship. You can get it at plus 185 on DraftKings right now. I just think they're hot. But I want to parlay that, actually with Nikola Jokic to win the regular season MVP at minus 105. If you do that, you can actually get the odds at plus 456. And obviously, you need the Jayhawks to come through for you in that scenario, but it's just kind of a great way to offset some of the value you've lost now that Jokic has you know, picked up a lot of steam for this MVP race. Uh, so that's my DraftKings uh, pick of the week. Lock it in that parlay. Kansas to win the national championship. Jokic to win the regular season MVP parlayed at plus 456 all right let's let's talk about some csu let's talk csu men's hoops first and foremost Uh, at this point deshaun thomas adam thistlewood jalen scott have all announced that they are entering the transfer portal kendall moore on the other hand will be coming back as it currently sits csu has three scholarships to fill i i expect it to be four Uh, i'm not going to float any names these kids have the right to announce it you know on their own terms once it's, you know, reported, you know, by verbal commits or whatever, there's not much I can do, but I at least try and give them the chance. Uh, I do expect one more guy to ultimately bounce, though. We shall see um, Deshaun Thomas reportedly already been reached out to by a boatload of, of programs, Wake Forest, Washington State, Utah, Wisconsin, Memphis, Creighton, BYU, Texas A&M, a whole bunch of them. Um, there, there are some others as well not surprising. I mean, a 69 forward that can shoot threes at 40 plus percent, that is certainly a valuable commodity, especially if that's all you need him to do, man. I mean, the, the as I talked about on the initial podcast when he announced is I think the the tough part is they always were just kind of trying to get him to be something that he's not, which is a rim protector, you know, somebody playing in the post and defensively he he did improve down there and and that is something that he's going to have to do, but I mean, if he's a guy that all you need him to do is to stretch the floor, maybe get a couple of rebounds, he could be pretty effective. But CSU, they they need more of a a traditional big. And that was one of the things I wrote about. I would say the the number one priority for CSU as as far as the, the recruiting trail goes would would be landing another big, a, a true five. If you had that opportunity. As I wrote though, I mean it's it's easier said than done. You know, it's it's kind of like trying to land defensive tackles. At the the G five level in, in football, you know they just kind of get scooped up by bigger programs. We see it time and time again. I'd also like to see CSU add a wing, mostly for defensive purposes, but also to try and help account for the the three point shooting. We'll see what Jack Payne out of Idaho ultimately ends up being. He might kind of develop into a, a wing type role. We'll we'll kind of have to see there. And then you know you'll you'll probably add a, another guard or two. Again, a lot of this kind of depends on how many scholarships you ultimately have open. Right now it's three. I think it could be four or five, I guess, if David Roddy decides to go pro. We'll have to see. I mean, a lot of this is, is kind of gonna be in flux over the next month. I haven't commented really on Jalen Scott, other than it just it makes sense given that Kendall Moore is, is transferring out. I still think he would have played, but at this point, you know, he can kind of pursue somewhere where he potentially has an opportunity to, to play a bigger role, and, and it's, it's just a part of college basketball now. You got 13 scholarships. You're really only going to play eight or nine guys consistently, maybe like 10 earlier in the year, but there's always going to be people that want more time on the floor, and it's not always you know, a, a big dramatic thing or invocative of a culture issue or something like that. It's just kind of individual scenarios where guys have to monitor and, and see what's best for them. Having said all that, I, I did kind of come up with a, a list of players to keep an eye on. These are people, for the most part, that have reportedly been reached out to by CSU, or just who I think would logically make sense. And starting with six foot nine, two hundred twenty five f- pound forward Grant Basil out of Wright State, he makes a lot of sense for for multiple reasons. One, Cooley already coached him there, so you have that natural connection. I don't know what kind of relationship they have or anything like that. Again, sometimes that type of stuff can get overplayed, but I I would assume that that would at least give CSU a a leg up on recruiting, assuming that he likes Cooley, and Cooley seems like a pretty good dude. Uh, Looking at his stats for his career, shoots about 53% from the floor, uh, 59% from two-point range, 30% from three. Guy that averaged 8.5 rebounds last year, 6.5 for his career. Scored 18.4 points per game. Scored 15 the year before. So it's it's really a guy that's effective in the post. He's also going to be a little bit more effective defensively than Deshaun was. And again, that's that's not a shot. It's just he was trying to they're trying to shoehorn him into a role that didn't really work. Uh, Basil he averaged 1.6 blocks over each of the last two seasons. A block a game before that, 1.3 blocks per game for his career. Also averages about a steal per game over the last two seasons. Guy with very active hands. CSU has reportedly already reached out to Grant Basil, which again makes sense. You know, Coach Cooley had already spent time with him in, in the Horizon Conference. A guy that was very effective. I think a guy that would come over and, and probably start, and you just kind of roll with a, you know, another hybrid small ball lineup, kind of like what you did this year. Which really, I mean, offensively, that was definitely when CSU was was at its best. Another guy that CSU has reportedly reached out to, six foot six, 229 pound forward, Noah Carter out of Northern Iowa. He is coming off of a really effective season, scored about 15 points per game, shoots again about 30% from three, 60% from two point range. Very similar stats as a Grant Basil. He, he really broke onto the scene this past year, kind of a career year for him, double digit scoring in each of the last two seasons. Also a guy that's probably going to command pretty significant interest just given his his eligibility status. He's still going to have at least two years left, potentially three, depending on how the COVID stuff works out. But I like his game. I like his game a lot. Again, a guy that's going to command a, a little bit higher interest. But, you know, what? it's cool to see CSU aiming high and, and going for some of these really talented players. I mean, they, they did it last year as well. Another player they have reached out to, a freshman guard or coming off of his freshman season, uh, Will Richard of Belmont. He played in 33 games this year, made 30 starts as a freshman there. Nice combo guard. I mean, he's a guy that already has good size at at six foot five, 195 pounds as a freshman. Got a, a ton of valuable experience this year at 27.6 minutes per game, 60% from two point range. Only 32% from three-point, so you want him to improve that. But an 80% free-throw shooter, love that. A guy that can facilitate a little bit, averaged a couple assists per game. Also a guy that's really effective on the glass, six rebounds per game. And that's been really great for CSU the last couple of years is when their guards are, are really active on the glass, and Kendall Moore actually is surprisingly one of the biggest contributors in this, CSU needs their guards to be able to rebound because they just don't have the size that other teams have. And when it's all on Roddy, that that's just such a tough task. Now I will say, I mean, it might be kind of a tough sell to get somebody like him in the program, just given the amount of guards you already have on the roster. But I mean, that could change too, depending on what happens with the transfer situation. So again, a lot of this, I mean, guys are probably going to want to know if Roddy's coming back or not, but I like Will Richard a lot. I, would imagine he would be a guy CSU would really want to land. Again, not necessarily the the biggest need next year with Kendall coming back, but you are going to need to bring in some more guard depth, and he's a guy that would be an awesome addition. Another guard to keep you an eye on is Damarian Williams. He is a 6'5", 195-pound guard. Played at Gardner-Webb the last two seasons in the Big South Conference. Averages twelve and twelve point eight, excuse me, points per game in his career. Averaged fourteen and a half points this past season. Averages about one steal per game, two point three assists, so can move it a little bit. Seventy five percent from the free point line, uh, free throw line, and thirty eight percent from the three point line. See how I combine that? Thirty eight percent from three point line, seventy five percent from the free throw line. Talk about a tongue twister. My goodness. 44% uh, from two-point range needs to be more effective there. Only 40% overall from the floor would like that to be a little bit higher At uh, depending on you know kind of what volume he's shooting at, but considering he was putting up 12 attempts a game, I'd like to see that a little bit higher. Being honest, this is a name that I know, but he I believe I got to watch Gardner Webb once this past season, so I've definitely seen him the least out of everyone. Put, uh, pull up some YouTube videos. Again, you know, definitely a good shooter, and CSU is going to need to, to replace some of that three-point production they're losing with DT going out the door and Adam Thistlewood as well. I'm also expecting Jalen Lake to take a big leap, though, and I think Isaiah Stevens is a more consistent three-point shooter than he showed at times this year. And obviously, you know, Roddy, assuming he does come back, has really, really developed his game from, from beyond the arc. Those four guys that I just went through, and again, just so everybody's on the same page, Grant Basil of Wright State, Noah Carter of Northern Iowa, Will Richard of Belmont, and Damarian Williams of Gardner-Webb all have reportedly been reached out to by CSU already. One name I'm going to float, Bodie Hume of Northern Colorado. It was actually broke today on the Brady Hole show that he will not be returning to Northern Colorado. This was expected, actually, something I'd kind of been talking about with Brady He's a Colorado kid. Um, I believe he's the the best three point shooter in Northern Colorado history. I would really consider bringing him in. All you would really need him to do is come in, take a couple of shots, just be a three and D type guy, and then just crash the glass. You know, get four or five rebounds a game, hit two to, to three threes, depending on you know how many attempts you get. You don't want him putting up bad threes, but you want him confident to shoot. Play D, get some rebounds. That's all you need. I mean, he's a guy that averages 12 and a half points per game for his career. His junior year averaged 16 points a game. Can be really effective from three. I mean, he hit nine of them against CSU, went for 30 in that game. It ended up kind of being a, a down year for him, at least in terms of his minutes went down, his, his three point shooting went down, kind of like Thistlewood. Not quite as dramatic. But just wasn't playing a ton for for the team at the end there. I I think it could be a good fit, especially just knowing like w- knowing your role and exactly what they would want him to do, if he would be willing to accept that. I mean, he could be a perfect guy to to come in and play like 15 to 20 minutes a night off the bench. Some Sterling would have, you know, a bunch of people there to cheer him on. So just a name I would keep an eye on. Again, I I don't have any inside info on him. Like, I I don't know if CSU's talked to him or if they would want him or anything like that. But that's a a name I would definitely keep an eye on over the next month. All right, we're going to wrap it up. We got a big week, like I said, Pro Day coming up on Wednesday. The 40 going to be big for Trey McBride. I know he's really looking forward to just getting this process behind him. There's, I'm an NFL draft nerd, so I'm not going to sit here and act like there isn't value in the testing. But I also do think it's just so easy to get carried away by this entire process, and you know, we we just stress over what these guys run in their underwear, and then we're ignoring at times, not always, but ignoring like what we saw on the field. And with a guy like Trey, I understand that the forty time is going to be important because you want you want to confirm that he can move it. But I'm like, just put on some tape, watch him outrunning defenders against Fresno state in 2019 or, uh, Boise state. He scored a, a touchdown where he had to kind of burst through. Like he's not the fastest dude in the world, but it's, it's clearly, he's not slow. And I just, to me, it's crazy. Like how much this 40 is, is going to factor into whether he potentially goes in the first round or not. Because when you watch Trey McBride and you turn on the tape, it's extremely evident. He was the best tight end in the country. Nonetheless, the process, it is what it is. So uh, I'll be there at at Pro Day, be there at at camp at least twice this week. We'll kind of see how that all plays out as well. Real quick, shout-out to CSU Tennis for opening conference play with a victory for the first time since 2010. They took down San Jose State. Shout-out to CSU Softball for sweeping San Jose State over the weekend as well. Uh, Rams are better than Spartans. Facts only. That's all we have for today. Make sure you're tuned in to all of our content, all our written content, video breakdowns, podcasts. We just had the, the Nuggets take over. Ryan Green did a sweet vlog on that. Tim Connolly stopped by the bar. It was, it was awesome. I mean, it's really cool to see th- these communities growing. And I mean, the, the CSU community, the DNVR Rams community, has, has grown exponentially the last couple of years. And I only expect it to get bigger you know, as we get closer to football season and people get more excited about Jay Norvell and the air raid and all of it, obviously big expectations for hoops next year as well. It's a fun time to be a Ram fan. Definitely is. I, it's, it's cool to be able to say that because it's been a while. All right, that's all I have. Much love to all of you. Stay safe out there. Stay warm. Sounds like we might get some snow. Hopefully it doesn't accumulate too much. Peace.